Hey, how's it going? It's Doug Bird here, your host of the Something Fresh podcast, where we talk about all things sport, adventure, and lifestyle. To bring these conversations to life, we connect with people who make things happen in this space, be they industry leaders, athletes, influencers, or progressive thinkers, to name a few. I'm super passionate about this subject, not only because of its ever-changing dynamics, but also because of the role that it plays in our daily lives. The aim of the show is simple. Create an environment where people can learn through the experiences of others, be they established role players or new kids on the block, and hopefully through that, become inspired into action in some way. If that's not up your alley and you're simply here to listen to interesting conversations, then that's cool too. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Something Fresh podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am Jason Bull, J-Dog. I'll be hosting you today. And the guest that I have joining me in our luxurious outdoor studio is a certain Mr. <clears throat> Jason Van Slot. He's a 27-year-old cyclist from Cape Town, South Africa, who recently set a new world record for the fastest Everesting ride by someone with cystic fibrosis. That is a genetic disorder that affects the lungs and digestive system with a thick and sticky mucus. And we'll get into some more details um, on that and what it's been like for Jason uh, living with that. Everesting is repeating a climb over and over until your cumulative elevation gain is the amount is the total amount of Everest, which is eight thousand eight hundred and forty-eight meters. So Jason took on this challenge with the goal to raise awareness about CF and to raise funds for a life-saving medication that is not readily readily available uh, to the sufferers of the disease in South Africa. And we'll definitely get into a bit more detail on on what's happening there as well. We were absolutely blown away by this feat of his, and so we reached out to sit down for a chat with the man. Jason, welcome to the Something Fresh podcast. How are you doing, man? Um, I'm all right, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, <laughs> been a, a, a long-time fan of the, of the podcast and the show, so it's good to be here. Oh, good stuff. We've been yeah following following your journey uh, <laughs> for quite a while. It's been a yeah, it wasn't an easy process getting to to make the Everesting thing happen, if I, if I recall. So yeah. it's good to yeah finally sit down here after a successful um, successful ride from you, dude. Um, absolutely amazing. But uh, yeah, let's kick it off with with throwing back a little bit. You're 27 years years old now, so not too far out of your your young years. So hopefully the memory is still <laughs> decent. But yeah, growing up, how did you get into bikes? When were you diagnosed with with CF? And and what was your first couple like sort of years of time like? coming to terms with that and figuring out life with this disease so um let's just start off when i was diagnosed so that was i was eight months old wow um and um my parents they were told by like friends um a, a doctor friend that something was wrong they suspected it was cf mm. and um just because it's quite a rare disease how, just, how prevalent would you um well, a lot of the, we've only recently discovered how many people are in South Africa with it and because there just hasn't been funding for registry. Yes. And enough, many yeah. people are misdiagnosed. Associated with other Other, other stuff like yeah. TB, malnutrition, a whole mm. bunch of various things where they sure. just discard it for something else. Yes, yeah. And um, so, yeah, I was very fortunate to be diagnosed at, at eight months and... Um, my my dad, he was a runner back in his day, and um, he when he found out the news and the life expectancy, which was actually when I was diagnosed, it was ten years. Yes, that's heavy, man. Yeah, wow. Yeah, no, and also, so like my dad, he he had like hopes of one day like running in the forest with me, yeah, like um, what he did with his dad, you know. And he like he tells me the story when she's like just sitting there um, in the garden, just like. This might never happen. Yeah, I mean, those those dreams completely, yeah. completely crushed. Um, so then, what my parents did is they decided not to. They never actually told me that I had a life threatening condition. Wow. Well, they knew that I knew that I had it. You yeah. know, <laughs> something. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> Why is everyone else not coughing as much as I? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So like, I knew that I had it and I had to take medication and there was something. You know, like yeah. I had CF, mm. but they weren't like, oh, this is your life expectancy. This is like. Sure. All the doom and gloom. Mm. So a lot of it was like the mindset that I was brought up with. Mm. And um, I was actually one of those <laughs> really competitive kids. Okay. <laughs> uh, which is kind of like contradictory, which <laughs> was a blessing in disguise. So I was that kid who'd just be playing like every sport there was. And school was um, going full gas. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I like, yeah, I was literally just any free moment for, like, coming after coming home after school playing soccer and stuff and yeah so that was like 
what I really enjoyed, which was a blessing in disguise. Um, so a lot of the time when I was younger, excuse the the motorbikes in our outdoor studio if you can hear them. <laughs> Carry on. Um, yeah, a lot of time when I was younger, like I knew I had to go for doctor's appointments if I got sick, antibiotics, and a whole bunch mm. of things that like I would have to do, which obviously knew my peers didn't have to do, and uh, physiotherapy um, to basically loosen the mucus. So yeah, it's mm. like syrup that if you were to imagine yourself breathing in and then filling your lungs with syrup and then breathing out and there's like this thick residue that's Mm. that's lining there and um so like you do physiotherapy to try and loosen that and then what happens there is the mucus acts like a breeding ground for bacteria which then causes recurring lung infections which you can't get rid of so a lot of the time growing up my parents were very apprehensive about me uh, being friends with snotty-nosed kids Fair and that enough. kind of stuff because, like, it wasn't like, oh, it's a little bit cold, you know, it can yeah. develop into something yeah. and possibly hospital, like going to hospital and mm. you lose that bit of your, your, your lungs. So they were quite, um, for, like, the, the natural response would be, like, to, like, protect your child and, like, live in a bubble and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So they had, like, a... They were, they, yeah, they were cautious, but they weren't overprotective, mm. and they wanted me to like experience yeah, everything. You still, you need to live at the end of the day, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, and I think growing up, that's really helped me see the world differently, um, and not, you know, think that I'm limited. You know, I mean, sure. if you'd ask me, like, I remember a friend of mine asked me when I was about ten, "What are you going to do when you're older?" I was like, "I'm going to be a professional footballer." <laughs> I'm <laughs> like. like like that's not yeah. associated, you know, and like that's kind of like where my head was at. So I owe a lot of that to the way my parents brought me up. Mm. Um, and then I was about 15 and I was diagnosed with catching a particular bacteria in my lungs, uh, which is still there. It's And it's been there for life. It's just very difficult to get rid of. Okay. And... Um, so that's kind of when my parents were like, hey, we need to like tell you something, you know, and they told me, no, this it's a life-threatening condition, you know, there's like serious implications here. And um, so this is when you're, you're 15, you're finding out for the first time. First time that, time that, that yeah. The things, disease you've got is, yeah, is things, life-threatening. Yeah. Wow. Um, things got real, yeah. So then it was nebulizing every, uh, twice a day, every second month and more medication and just, yeah, just a lot more to deal with. And... Um, just adu- adjusting to that, but uh, I mean, your parents have already like instilled in you this this incredible mindset of mm. like, yeah, whatever, whatever you've got, that's your lot, and you you deal with it, and yeah, you you get out there and, and live life. So how how did that really um, did that did that shake you quite a bit? Or? It did, um, but like unsurprising. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how strong-willed you are, like that's gonna. Yeah, it's going to be a it, tough it, one to deal with it at first, at least. For sure. Yeah. No, it did. Um, but, like, what my parents did is they were, they told me about it, but they weren't going to be like, oh, you know, it's doom and gloom. They said, okay, cool. Um, my mom knew someone who was in their 60s who had the condition, wow. and they had a lung transplant. And they were living their life and everything. And she made sure that we went and go go to meet them and like so i would see you know there is life yeah you're seeing these hope stories there is yeah yeah, there's you know it's not the end of the world it's you live so like it's they basically instilled this kind of thing like yes complications happen like obstacles and challenges happen but you can always you find out what's wrong how can we move around this manage what's changed and then move on you know Mm. Um, I mean, at the time, it obviously wasn't great, you know. Yeah, nice. But uh, <laughs> yeah, information to deal with. <laughs> exactly. Fifteen-year-old. Yeah, I mean, um, and it was kind of weird because, like, I was at, I'd say, in terms of my footballing career, uh, that was kind of like the peak of where um, I was, and then, um, yeah, then I soon moved over to to cycling, but um, yeah, so they made sure that I met this guy, and like that kind of showed me. You know, not only like there's like the light at the end of the tunnel, but like yeah. this life. You know, there's a yeah. full life ahead it's, of me. It's not just like you're gonna, you, you might be able to get by. Like there, yeah. there really is, yeah. There's amazing yeah. opportunity and, and experience and, and fullness of life, as you say. For yeah. sure. I mean, there were there were also like other people in the community that my parents knew of, and um, they try to always keep me away from being exposed too much at my younger, like formative years. For sure. Because there were people who were so like set on making it to. 21st birthday because that's all currently is the 
life expectancy. Like that is 21. And they would say, okay, cool. Um, know what you need to know, but we're not going to just bombard you with all this negative stuff. Yeah. And like, it was weird. I never actually even had this, this need to Google what it was. Wow. Which is kind of like weird. Especially, yeah, especially in the age we're living in now. <laughs> exactly. Like, no, every, every, any word I don't know or yeah. something I've heard of. I mean, that was, yeah, when getting in touch with you, the first thing I did was like, let me Google this thing and, and found out some some info and background. That's amazing that you're just able to, yeah, just live with the, the experience of what it was, knowing what you, you need to need to know. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, um, and I owe a lot of that to my parents like no, that sure. is sounds yeah, like, it. Abs- like there's yeah that has i think that's been the biggest contributing factor to me to be able to do these kind of things is the way i was raised you know and, and never um yeah just the way i was raised has it's absolutely just fundamental you know and i think that is really important when when yeah, often I speak to to families with people with CF, and they're like, "That's they say, what's the biggest advice can we do? Can we give off like our yeah. child, or like when they've just been diagnosed, just raise them positively, like yeah. go out and do what you want to do, have dreams, you know, and mm. go for it. I mean, you got one life. Yeah, you know? don't don't let them die before they're dead. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, no, that's huge. And I'm um, going back to what you shared about your dad earlier, his dream to to go running with you in the forest what was what was that relationship like growing up as he was sort of realizing that he was going to be able to fulfill that in a sense no i have so many memories of just coming back him coming back after work and us playing football in the back garden and things like that and that's actually how i got into cycling all right so he was training for the epic um brave man (laughs) (laughs) yeah so he was training for the epic and then um i was yeah i got injured um, so he was training for his second epic actually I got injured from, from football and um, part of the rehab was you know cycle because you know yeah. it was an ankle injury so yes, I, I'd yeah. come back to stable position stable position yeah, yeah. and um, so I started actually riding with him and his friends like on a, on a weekend oh yeah I was about 15, 16 at the time and um, yeah so I started enjoying realizing that I was relatively good at it for like yeah. a newbie mm. Um, and I just kind of like got hooked <laughs> as it happens, <laughs> as it happens. Yeah. <laughs> and like also, which is quite weird in a way is, um, because like with the condition is like the, the digestive side of things, do you prone to malnutrition or like stunted growth, basically failure to so, thrive. So with that mucus is your intestine, they're not able to absorb the nutrients necessary as effectively or how does it so what happens there is the so that mucus like i described in my lungs it's all over my body and every single organ is affected you Mm. know so over there what happens is my pancreas doesn't produce enough digestive enzymes okay so it does produce but like not hindered not yeah hindered so then i have to take artificial enzymes to then break down my food but that still doesn't supplement the loss for sure. Um, so me being very short was great for riding, and very, like, I mean, I was I was like fifteen, and I was a hundred and sixty-five centimeters. Oh, wow. so and I was like, you know, this like little kid. You know, I looked like a kid, but I was I was fifteen. Yeah. So I think that definitely did help when it came to riding. Um, yeah. So then um, I got yeah got quite involved with my dad and just. I mean, but like he always threw me in the deep end. So like <laughs> the first the first ride that we had was uh no, that was thirteen. This was like this was just like a hey, this is a fun ride. Um come with me, you know, like just for fun. And I remember I was like wearing vans and like just like <laughs> on like my bi- little my bike and he took me up Bapad. Like as my Jeez, first ride. I, like, I mean I barely got up there on an e bike the other day. So that's <laughs> So like that's like the kind of what I was growing grown up with, like just throwing the deep end, like yeah. let's go. Like this know? is it, yeah. yeah this like is when it. that's, I suppose like, it goes back to that mindset when you when you approach things with an open mind of like, oh, this is how things are. Like this is what what needs to be done. Um, it's it's amazing as a human being what is what is possible to to achieve in the face of such adversity. Yeah. So that's that's so rad, man. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, going back to that kind of like. Just throwing us like I remember then another ride we did 
probably the second ride I ever did was like a 60k road ride around Cape Point. And I remember being like 5k's from home and just like shouting like, Dad, Dad. I was like, and I properly bonked. Bonk. Just like, yeah, and there's like a cool, here's some food and like, and like learnt, you know, you got to eat more consistently yeah, and you know, just get into it. But like, so a lot of, yeah, my childhood was riding with him and I think got more to like, uh, well, then we could only do cross country kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and then as soon as we got to the marathon stuff, I was like, hey, this is, this is why I am, you know, I mean, I'm not quite gifted like you gravity guys. <laughs> um, yeah. So that the marathon stuff just right. suited me better. And also with the, yeah, it's not as technical and not as intense on the lungs. And all what, do you, what do you think it is about the, the marathon that, that, ex, that excites you? And, um, and you clearly got a, a mindset yeah. for like dealing with, with prolonged difficulty. Um, and that's, that comes in handy when you, yeah, <laughs> you've yeah, got no. three, four hour race, you've got to dig deep through. I think it's like, I don't know. It's like the suffering. I don't know. It's like, kind of, <laughs> I know it sounds You're weird. one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just like the hanging in there, you know, it's like that attrition, like keep, like just stay there, just stay there, just stay there. Mm. Because like, and eventually like people will just, you know, they get to the limit and they drop off and it's just stay there as long as you can, you know, and that's, and also like that kind of thing where what used to be this big thing becomes something really small, yeah. you know, and it's like, 100k just be like amazing it's like i do that every weekend yeah. you know it's like start with august and like that's a normal ride you yes know? yeah yeah and then it just progresses and progresses um but like saying that i haven't actually done anything more than like 200ks or, or so oh. like, like a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah just only small rides this week nothing nothing really over 200ks <laughs> no but like you know there's like massive sure. there's kind some, of, yeah. yeah like it's that's definitely becoming the culture it's, yeah. it's these huge rides opening up yeah. Yeah. That, that's where i'd want to go in the future um awesome. and also it becomes a, but there's new challenges that i've that i've had um with diabetes coming back and coming into the picture okay. and that's what actually made this everything so difficult mm. is i in 2020 i was training for it and then had an emergency operation and then afterwards became diabetic and then also had another thing in my lungs which is so firstly i had to learn to eat basically on the bike and learn how to eat and you know and yes, because yeah. if you screw that up you can and you bonk you literally can die like you can go into a coma okay, so, it's, yeah. so the um, stakes are high <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> don't get it wrong yeah. it actually did once after in a race but i won't go into that no, that was a um let us know where were so, you when was this it was um it was a road race the winelands tour one of those ones around there in Paul. I was like super hot and I remember just, I was like, so we made the first big climb, like cool, made the group, I'm like cool, I'm definitely like top 10 in my group here, things are going great. Nice, nice. And then suddenly just, like literally the wheels just <clears throat> fell off the bus and I was just, my legs were like, were so sore and I was like, because what happens is you just become weak and it's like lead. Yeah. You can become extremely like lethargic and I was like, why can't I stay with a bunch and a little roller but I just made up the big hill, yeah. you know? And I was like, what is going on? And then I started like, so I've got a, a thing in my arm, which I can take, check my sugar levels. All right. So that's basically been absolutely incredible to how I've been able to ride. So I can check what's so happening just, while no I'm riding. So Jason's showing me on his phone right yeah. now that he can just digitally check yeah. your sugar levels. And Dude. you can see the trend if it's going up and down from then I know when to eat. Basically, what happened there was... I thought it was cool that I could see my heart rate while I was riding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Level like, up. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so basically, I took, got my fueling wrong for the effort. And, All right. But it was, it was like a 15-minute window that I, that I skipped. Mm. And I just didn't eat because there was an attack. And I was yeah. anyways. You get stuck in the moment. Yeah. And then I remember just being dropped. And then I was like, oh, wow, I'm extremely dizzy, you know? And then just um, yeah, started weaving across the road. I'm like, something's wrong, you know. Yeah. Then checked and I saw I was like going super low. Yeah. And then that evening, what what happens is when you exercise, and this was like a new days and I was just discovering how figuring, hard, yeah. Yeah, figuring how it works. Is, Didn't have your digital. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, cyborg. Your, uh, Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like I didn't realize the implication of when you have very intense exercise, basically your body starts using uh your glycogen a lot better so my pancreas does work but not some 
but not great. Yeah. So when you do hard efforts, you start, this works better. And basically my body is producing more insulin than normal. And I woke up in a sleep, from a sleep and I was like in a low. And then I just ate whatever. But I learned that I had like normal food. And because I was learning and rookie error, I gave myself insulin, which I shouldn't have. Oh, wow. Um, and I should have just like got out and then dealt yes, with it. Yeah. Because I, someone just gave me food and I was like too many, too many carbs per whatever. I'm okay, and you're like, okay, that. I need to have insulin yeah. with this. But yeah. meanwhile, you actually... I was actually like going a into a low. Yeah. And then it was, yo, it was insane. Eh? I literally, it was like you are completely drunk and out of it. I couldn't like divide 40 by 10. And I was just like flopping around and then I was telling, I was like, don't call the paramedics. I'm fine. I'll come back on <laughs> it. And there was like, and I was just like, like, like trying to like keep conscious, you know? And then eventually, um, I woke up four hours later with paramedics over my head and it's like, and it's, it was weird. I was coming in and out of consciousness. It's like eight times. Just like crazy, man. See like the, the room and like everybody. Then like this, it just go like, I get dizzy and black out. I see this white light and all these black and white images and then bright lights again, see what's happening and go out and in a, a couple of times and eventually I well, came to and then, wow, yeah, it was, it was intense. And so, was, it, so yeah. it only really hit you hard later on after the ride in that evening. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So it's, yeah, which is, I didn't know that it, yeah. Um, it's, there's got to do with like, there's a seven hour window and okay, all of that yeah, kind of stuff. So when it came to the actual Everesting, one of the most important things was actually my sister and she stayed awake the entire night just checking my sugar levels every hour. Wow. And yeah, it, it's, it's crazy to think that it's, yeah, just because it's happened before. And yeah. we also, yeah, you, yeah, you truly don't yeah. want to respect. Yeah. <laughs> that, so that was actually one of the biggest worries. Um, and then we did like a pre-ride, which I'm really glad we did do. And then, so that evening I just had protein because there's no carbs in it. Okay. And then I knew, okay, if I don't know that, there's no insulin, nothing's going to do funny business. All right. um, but like it was a lot of learning to basically redo everything. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow. It was, it's intense, but yeah. <laughs> so, so take us back to when, uh, this, this dream or this idea of, uh, doing an Everesting attempt and, and going for the world record. Was it always it's supposed to be a world record attempt for you or was it first just to to do the Everesting ride? So the Everesting like idea of it popped into my mind about twenty eighteen. So okay. that before was like, it was cool, dude. Yeah, before it was cool. Yeah. I know, I know. Hips <laughs> are Jason with us, yeah. <laughs> Everesting like, before uh, before lockdown. <laughs> and literally that and then so like then I was looking at us going on Swatberg and doing a couple reps there and like how's this gonna like is this a good climb or not? And then there was another guy with CF who didn't everything in lockdown. And then I'm oh like, gosh. okay, I can't just like talk about this. There's a record now. I actually have to do it now. There's like, there's a goal to go for. Competitive nature. Exactly. Yeah. Always, always trusty. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he said, and I started chatting to him. I was like, Hey dude, like congrats. This is incredible. Whereabouts is he from? He's from Germany. All right. And he's, and I, he's told me, he's like, no, I've actually attempted it before and I failed. And he's, um, he got to, I think it was 6,000 meters in like 14 hours or so. And he's like, it's impossible. And then he was, yeah, he's like, no, it can't be done. <laughs> then he was put on this, um, this drug called Trikafta. Okay. Uh, he was on a trial basis for it. And um, basically what it does, it corrects the underlying cause of the, of the condition. So wow. it basically makes all that mucus a lot more viscous so you can expel it get and get it out. I mean, we were chatting and he was saying That's like, amazing, man. Yeah, no, he, he said it was like, it felt like he was getting like, he had super, superhuman powers. Yeah. Cause you're just was, used to operating at, yeah. at this lower level yeah, and then and it just unlocks. The, exactly. He was like, wow, ceiling. like I can breathe. This is amazing. And then, um, he went, he's a triathlete. So he went back and beat all his times from running, swimming that he said 20 years ago. Wow. And then he was like, okay, maybe this, everything is possible. And, um, he went to, oh, he did everything two months later. So how amazing this drug is, there's been people who are on the transplant list and their lung function is 17% of, 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 of yeah, normal. Of, of normal. Wow. And then they then, um, 
within it happened so quickly like within hours he said like within hours you could feel it like working and he woke up the next morning he didn't cough like that was a, he never coughed again and um she said it's phenomenal man. so this there was this one patient he was on it his lung function was 17% and 6 weeks later it was 74 Gee. like think of that as like as a company growth yeah like that is insane and that is, that's yeah that is that is phenomenal so that's um so luckily he was on the trial so he's got lifetime access to this drug and um also it's uh it's funded overseas okay and then i was and, like and do you know how much so so from what i understand the uh, cystic fibrosis is a genetic disorder yeah. and so it's actually the the way you're like your body is hardwired to produce this mucus now. Pretty much. So, do you so know how it, the, the drug affects that? So, um, so basically, it's a genetic mutation in your in okay. your genes. Yes, yeah. So there's a little um, it's a salt chloride channel. So it's actually got to do with the way your body excretes salt. All right. So, um, yeah, your body normal people will excrete salt when you sweat and then absorb some of that sodium back into your body. All right. And with me. What happens is a lot, about four times more of the sodium just sits on the surface and doesn't get absorbed back in. Okay. So a lot of the issues with with the whole Everesting was to get more Make salt sure in, get, and yeah, I actually I did tests um, in a lab and a whole bunch of stuff uh, under normal conditions. So <clears throat> the normal, like a normal person, will to get. I won't get too scientific, but a normal person sweat releases. Um, less than 30 millimoles per liter of, of sodium in their sweat when i did the test i was 130 millimoles per liter gee so yeah no, it, it's insane I, during that the everesting which was 17 hours or, or no, 16 16 hours i had 15 teaspoons of, of sodium that's a it's good it's a good serving <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, it's insane like so yeah i mean once we i went to a dietitian because like if you have too much salt like it's, yeah, it's really bad, it's yeah. really bad you know yeah. um so there was a lot of scientific stuff done behind with dietitians, and um, yeah, I had a really good team behind me to to get this thing. I mean, we it was two years in the making of yeah. physically act actively training and, and research, but the idea was was five years um, in the making. And then yeah, the, how I got onto doing the actual thing was there was negotiations to get this drug to, into South Africa, and. Um, I've had a purpose. There was a reason to do it, you yes, know. Yeah. And like, there's, there was this this quote that I, I read um, of someone else who I think Collie what um, Carpenter, I'm a Connie Carpenter Finney or something like that. All right. She basically, it's um, everybody, uh, not not everybody has the choice to be able to suffer, you know, mm. and. Um, some people are and she had the choice and that's why she 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 did the everything she also raised money for it and then i thought wow. of a friend of mine um natalie and i remember seeing her doing a burpee challenge with her oxygen um wow. and like she was going towards end stage and i realized like this you know like i've actually got a choice to make i'm privileged to be able to have this choice to go suffer up a mountain mm. or whatever the record then was 17 hours so um, for about 17 hours and you know, try and bring this drug to South Africa and fund these negotiations that are happening with to get the track after to get track after. Yeah, so that and it, it just made it really real. Um, that yeah, that, but you can I could make a real difference, you know, and like it was impacting people's lives sure, like man. literally and within hours of actually having this drug. And there was um, when I did the the Everesting like dry run which is the basically base camp so like yeah call it six six thousand meters um natalie passed away like a week before wow and i i dedicated that to her and so when we first met i gave her a bracelet um which said uh, you cannot fail i see you wearing yeah wearing, wearing now it now yours. and uh, I, yeah, I gave her one and then i took it off and then she passed away and like the that day i put my bracelet back on, back on. and I, like a week later did the everything so i haven't taken off yet wow, since man. but it's it kind of like That's reminds powerful. me of yeah it's like what you're fighting for there yeah um, it's you can't fail there's a purpose there's a it really 
you're changing people's lives and then before and you and you are it's, <laughs> it's <massive>. yeah <laughs> thanks um yeah and then the actual everesting there's two other people that i knew that passed away um and but both all of them are younger than 30 sure so it's um yeah so that was it just reaffirmed the the purpose and mm. that's what kept me going you know that that like this is it's much bigger than me so it was never actually about a record um initially it was and then i, I realized it became that yeah that wasn't it's, that it's wasn't not, the biggest thing, that's, thing yeah, about no, this, yeah. i mean that was the fourth criteria on the list <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> so yeah um and safety being third yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. my rule safety third <laughs> exactly <laughs> don't, don't tell my mom that. <laughs> dude okay so that's quite a quite a long period to um yeah, have this thing in the in the pipeline. Yeah, as you said, five years uh, since the inception of the of the idea. Um, I recall I recall us chatting um, a while ago about. Um, I don't know if this was maybe your your base camp attempt, or was there was there a failed attempt in the in the lineup, or had this always been like the 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 one that you were going for? So there was an announcement that yes. I was going for okay. it. Uh, that was twenty twenty, um, and then. Literally, it's quite embarrassing. Actually, a week later, um, I had a, like a triple hernia emergency uh, operation. So that was like the train. You know, I was like in hospital. You out and you're okay, basically that, that sitting you, there in pain. I was trying for to like, recall whether it was an injury or something. That's yeah, the, yeah. Set so, the timeline back a bit. Yeah, and that, it was a blessing in disguise um, because there was a lot of. It was either I was gonna I was in February. All right, and. It was either going to be April, May, or October. So, because the whole idea behind it was to get the perfect heel and have the wind mm. the right, you know, yes, have a yeah. tailwind. I mean, it's, it's yeah. difficult enough. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's not make it uh, unnecessarily difficult. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, that was tailwind for the descents, obviously. No, for the for the uh, climb. Uh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, the descent. Yeah, <laughs> of course. You know, <laughs> got to get those. Uh, you know, get the calm on the way down. Get the calm on the way down. Yeah. <laughs> You want to stay cool when you climb. Of course, you need like nice breeze. Nice that's that's also why it was April May because it was cooler and um, yeah. the whole sweat issue. Fair enough. So yeah. there, there was there was, a, there was so much technical details that went into choosing Managing this climb, yeah. and that's what there was about f a lot of the time was the first three years was actually finding the right climb. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, I've, I mean, I've never Everested myself. I probably never will in a million years. Um, but I've heard that it's quite like getting a climb of a good gradient. If it's quite rough and you're climbing on a road bike, yeah. and the descents are going to be, they take take a lot out of you. Um, the length of the climb. Yeah. See, so what was your criteria? How did you go about searching? So, firstly, um, Phil Guyman was my inspiration to like all his technical stuff. So, like you know, and then listen to literally every odd podcast on the everesting podcast just to like all the insights so okay. like Amazing. um so because i was essentially going for a record i knew i needed something steep and um i tried various hills the one was like an average of, of like eight nine but then it hit like 20 i'm like no that's too steep <laughs> yeah that'll, and that'll then um, <laughs> so the idea was to get a steep at the top and then at the bottom uh like to be able to turn around yes yeah. and i did like a test run i was like only like 1500 meters the one day and it's like i kept my basically my i went through a pair of brake pads i'm Just like well that's not gonna work yeah, yeah. so um <laughs> whereabouts which hill was that uh, no uh, you wouldn't know it's in a state where my dad lives okay yeah right. so also the idea was to get a closed road so okay, yeah, traffic's so not traffic's an, an issue. issue yeah um and then so yeah closed road short um, hill so about 15 minutes because the idea was if it's a long hill and I have a like a sugar low or something like that and also being I don't know how like mentally like aware I'd be yes yeah um I would want people around me or yeah, to, to get food very from, quickly yeah from yeah. Home, yeah so that was about a 15 minute hill that we're looking for like as a, as a max rep and then gradient um so we, I didn't want to do anything more than 200 Ks. Okay. Um, that's a long day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we, we found uh, the Toll Monument in Pole, and we, I just took a little segment, the steepest segment, which is, call it 10%, it's like 9.9. .9. All right. And um, yeah, so the whole setup there, we tested it a couple of times. Um, and yeah, so because that was a tailwind, like I'd use all these weather maps and like, like literally like, 
I'm an expert in no, uh, no, meteorology. No, no really, it was. Just to get an Everest thing done. <laughs> no, like I would check the, the weather reports, but it was like this very isolated one to like, so whatever's happening in Cape Town can do its thing, but yes, like yeah. I'll just look at the actual that's hill. Yes, you know, yeah, that little like right 1.5 yeah. kilometers, you know, and like, so that's how we like base the day and um, when we were going to do it. Um, but yeah, so like also the the bike could try to drop as much Wait, weight on yes, that as yeah, possible. He didn't go full, um, what's his name, Danger Holm. I don't know if you've seen his no. his bikes. He, he's made some phenomenal bikes, but he'll take a like a Scott Spark uh, World Cup frame and he shaves all the paint off. Oh. So he's got like some full suspension bikes below 8 kgs, like with, with sure. a proper post and proper tires. Like, oh. you know, it's phenomenal. So maybe you should, next time, just <laughs> call Danger Holm. Yeah. <laughs> so like, Bro, can you get my road bike sub five? Thanks. <laughs> like heavy on the drill edge, just like, no, we don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what did you do to the bike? How did so, you? Yeah. So there we got the bike. Um, You're running a Cabal. Yeah. Cabal Ascent. Okay. Um, good name so that's the it's <laughs> a climbing bike for going yeah. up <laughs> um yeah so that's the, the cabal scent that, that I, was, I was with and then um we actually did put a, a paint job on it for the everesting okay which yeah. is a little bit counterintuitive yeah, but wow. like there was there was a purpose it's a special was, day. yeah it's a special day exactly <laughs> save weight elsewhere so that you exactly. can put the paint job on <laughs> <laughs> and then um yeah a mate of mine uh dylan he's actually my business partner um, help just with like the mechanics and that kind of stuff to just drop it as much and spare parts and okay. big bones and stall here and there. Nice. Um, just for the attempt. And then Do you we, know what the weight was of the bike? 7.5. Still a little bit heavy, okay, um, but obviously like costs money. Yeah. Several <laughs> um, feathers basically. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And um, so what we did was like, you know, always, people always ask, how do you cut, like, cut the, the drop of, the, the drops off and all of that kind okay, of stuff yeah. but like no we didn't but no. like uh, what we did <laughs> do is we put like um, yeah. we made it a one bar okay so yeah. Um, yeah take that yeah, front just, shifter off and then yeah. put a ghost shifter so we don't ha even have the lever on there for right. the um, for changing gears and then um, yeah we actually put a XTR um, Shimano um, on, the, on the rear yeah. so we had a 40 there and then Okay, so mountain bike, mountain bike on the back. groups on the okay, back, nice. and the road bike on the front, um, or actual shifters. Yes, so the yeah. shifters were road bike, and then we had a Eagle um, Thirty Two SRAM. So it was like, yeah, so it was a real mullet. Like okay, it was a like fun. A, I'd love yeah. to see this bike. That's amazing. That it was a yeah. We really um, specialist. <laughs> yeah, played with what we could do, you know. So that, but that bike was it could only go uphill. <laughs> the gearing was. I went for like a ride, and like I get to the oh, top of the hill with people, and, and I'm just like just spin out, just spin out. Like, <laughs> like you, literally, it's flat, and you're like spinning out at like 25 k's okay, an hour. Right. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so the whole idea was to go up, and then literally, I'd get to the top there, and uh, we actually took some of the the we just put spaces in instead of actually having uh, like half the cassette we took out okay yes yeah, and then put the chain line as straight as possible marginal mm, gains where nice. we get them no, yeah. um, but they say like as humans we, we actually don't put out all that much power so like a couple of percent um, inefficiency yeah. makes a difference yeah. over, especially over a big ride yeah. like that yeah. no, and, it's, and then um, yeah so then get to the top and then just click up a bit and one two three and just tuck and, just, okay. and then like so there was the support car in front of me and so there were two intersections going in around a corner. So yeah, that right. car would just like head in front, like in front of me, just so like if there were oncoming traffic, okay. they would see the car and they yeah. wouldn't see me coming yes. around a corner, yeah. literally like 86 k's an hour, you know, like what, <laughs> you know? So, um, but there were people in the car like supporting on the day and my dad was driving a support car and they would be like, why are you driving so fast? You know, it's like, if I if I go any slower, Jason's gonna, gonna hit crash us. Into the back yeah. of us. <laughs> but like it's not at there, but hit them hit them at the bottom yes, of the hill. Yeah. Um so they would obviously like go ahead and yeah. But uh, so then like they would park and they would turn, you know, straight away. And um yeah, it was just uh, it was such a great day. We had so much support and it was phenomenal. Yeah, I know that's sure those last three thousand meters and just like yeah. Yeah. So, so walk us through um the first couple like Sure. reps you're going up like okay this is so, this is happening now like, where's your head at how's your like stomach feeling so that i actually had like three hours sleep we started at two in the morning preparing well <laughs> yeah, no absolutely <laughs> my dad's like you're way too nervous and like so we had to like get to paul at like two in the morning mm. um because we wanted or i wanted to do i didn't want to ride at night 
um, when I'm exhausted because yes, that's yeah. Rather get that out the way. And yet also energy and I listen to the podcast with everything. They're all like, you want to be at minimum like do your your your. You don't want to do your hard stuff in the dark. Going oh, yeah. tw- in the dark twice is just mentally stuff you yes, up. Yes, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. No worries. Um, so yeah, so there we. I decided. Okay, we're gonna at sunset. That's when you want to end. And we worked back the time that we, our projected time, and um, we from the dry run that we did, we had like actual splits of what we we're gonna do. Okay. And then we put in rests. So every four laps. Mesi 5,000 meters, I had like a minute or two to just get food. 500 meters or 5,000? 500 meters of, like 500 (laughs) meters of elevation. Yes, yeah. Um, So that was about like an hour riding or so. Just change whatever you have to do. All right. Um, And then every two and a half, I'd have like a massage and just like a a 10 minute rest. Um, That was amazing. Dude, (laughs) I imagine that carries you. So, (laughs) yes. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, when's my massage? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I started at two in the morning and my sugar levels are actually really high. So that meant I couldn't eat. Okay. So the first four and a half hours I didn't eat. Wow. I only had... Um, that's a very interesting dynamic to, yeah. to take into that. Sure. So that's the thing. Like what happens is when your sugar levels are high, you feel lethargic. You are dizzy. Um, you can't concentrate. Your extremities become numb. So that's not ideal, yeah, you know. Like we're about to start an eight <laughs> yeah. and a half thousand meter. <laughs> so <laughs> like we, um, I actually didn't, yeah, I did only ate protein because there's no carbs. I want to think to too much yes, sugar. Yeah. So that was just the idea to like make me feel full and mm. protein does to your muscles, you know, recovery. And um, we got to that <clears> the four, after four hours, I was like, I have to do something, you know, like I have to give myself insulin, but because I can't carry on like this, not yeah, eating, yeah. you know. So I gave myself insulin, but I was very scared that what would happen, I was going to the coma again. Yes, yeah. So what is happening um, is usually when I ride, I don't take any insulin, but I, if it's too high, I just ride harder. Yeah. And that burn. would then drop yeah. it. But here I have to keep steady. Yeah, you can't, so that's can't why, overcook it too early on. Exactly. And that's why it wasn't dropping. So I, high risk, high reward. It's like either I'm not going to finish because I haven't eaten or yeah. I'm not going to finish <laughs> Because exactly, and then so like, okay, let's rather go with that one. I can just eat my way out of it with gels if I need to. Okay, luckily it paid off. So we had a wow. quarter and a half of Everest while the sun rose, and I was like, "Cool, I'm feeling good." You know, like everything stabilized. So I was eating more regularly, um, and then I got to about 10, 10 hours in, and it was five thousand nine hundred meters of elevation, and so that's. Kilimanjaro or base camp, basically every space camp. And ten that, hours. Ten hours, yeah. And then uh, that was the like it was quite a pivotal moment because that was the most I'd ever done. And that was what the way I got you with the dry like dry run. Yes, we got yeah. to that that height. <clears throat> and I was like, cool. I got at least another seven hours of riding. <laughs> and like, but it's like it's weird to like think quite like a, that. You know? Quite a thing to to reckon with. I, it, there's a video which we'll link in the in the description about this attempt. So definitely go check it out. But I, I recall from the video you mentioned something about the the death zone. Like yeah. it's yes. you really needed to find something yeah. to to dig deep to get through that. Is that yes that's sort of that area? That's um, yeah. So after the after the that's the first like the base camp you can kind of go and then afterwards. It's just you become sleep deprived and your body starts. It's it's just mentally the most difficult part. Mm. Um, and I'd never done more than ten hours of riding in a, like a day before. So uh, that yeah, I mean that's also where Vili failed in that period. And most okay. people typically with Everesting that is where they they failed. You know, um, but just going back to a little bit about the preparation. Um, one of the other causes that people fail is because they don't train. They just, oh, I'll do elevation. When I actually did like heel repetitions because your knees give out a lot because mm. it's that kind of strain, like strain on your knees. It's very like specific. There's no yes, rest. Yeah. Like they're getting mm. like one minute, 44 seconds rest. And then you're climbing for four, for like 15 to 16 minutes, mm, you know? Yeah. So it's getting your body used to that. So that was like a lot of the, the training what I was doing. Um, and also your back just absolutely kills you. Mm. And, um, yeah, so that was like, yeah, a lot of the tra- that's also why the gearing, people say, oh yes. no, you wear over geared. I'm like, I'd rather be over geared, yes. you know? Yeah. Um, how did you, how did you 
train to strengthen your back and, and prepare your knees? Like, what was the Just, specific? Uh, so, firstly, um, for like a lot of the time, every like Sunday or Saturday, whenever was a better day, I basically, you know, um, silver mine from the gate yes, yeah, up yeah. to the dam. Right. I just do that for like five hours. Okay. Yeah. Lots of fun. Nobody nice. wanted to join me. <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> so like I'll I'd, come do a lap, maybe too. <laughs> so like I'll just do that. And then um, once that, like I get, got to about 3,000 meters, I started doing uh, low cadence reps and then I'd ride more with people. Uh, mm. But then whenever got to heal, I'd just do low cadence reps mm. to build, you know, yeah, build, build that yeah, resistance. Build in the knees. And as I had knew that I'd, and also, um, you're probably putting out more talk than a Tesla at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting mid cassettes on a 15% gradient. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, um, so basically, those are what I heard that I know, I think Kathy Colleen, she was going for the female record. Um, and that's what, and I mean, she's like basically a pro, and that's yes, what she yeah. was struggling with. Um, you okay. know, that's why she tapped out. And I was like, hey, that's something I need, like, yeah, I need to address need that. To address that. Um, Preparation, eh? It's like yeah. No, I mean, like it was, it was lonely, hey. It was lonely training because nobody wants to ride with you. Yeah, I mean, for five hours. Yeah, the same hill. <laughs> it's boring. And over again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So then we got to the death zone, and um, then there were like those friends, like even strangers would come. You know, there was just people just rocked up. You know, and there were like mates from would like literally run with me because I was going slowly yeah, you know, yeah. riding and awesome. my one mate from from primary school he rocked up he had like long pants like the wrong shoes so he found like shorts and he ran about I'd say 10k is barefoot with me no way and just yeah like just you know and then they would, and then he, they'd go in the car down and then they'd run the segment up and they'd carry my bottle and all Dude. of that kind of stuff so it, and it That's was just amazing that people just got around yeah, to no it was yeah, it was amazing i mean and like music like playing and it was and it was just like to keep just keep you distracted you know i mean yeah. there's this one like uh, the same guy was like um he was like uh, he was just like just saying like the same thing over and over it's like you're the man you got this you got this it's like and like i've heard this like a thousand times but it's just like that repetitive kind of thing just yeah. to keep you just keep your mind mm. out you know yeah. i mean you can only <coughs> think so much about the task at hand before it becomes yeah too consuming like, exactly you, know, you obviously need to know your goal and and reckon with that and, and have a target but yeah for that's all that you you think of it second yeah. yeah start wearing you down more than, than inspiring sure. you on yeah and then and then towards the end um the last thousand meters i would i lost i knew i do like four um four laps per like little like set i after every one i'd be like how many left I, like i couldn't remember yeah and then um the last one i asked to do it alone and that one like i kind of i knew so we did an extra lap because okay. they always say do an extra one in case you miscalculate or yes, something yeah. like that and there was we were halfway through not halfway but there was a time when we were like how many have you done? And like my Garmin, what they calculate with a sheet yes. with the splits so yeah, wasn't so the same. How did you How did you measure it? What was the... So, they, it's not actually the elevation they look at. It's how many reps. Because okay. your Garmin or whatever uh, head yes. unit you're using, it's not quite accurate. Mm. Um, because they only, it takes a while, then it takes it tracks a point. Yes, yeah. And if the heel's quite short, it yeah, doesn't... Yeah, you're turning yeah, exactly. between points. Yeah. Exactly. So, they, they count the reps. Okay. And then, so that's why it wasn't, and then they were tick, you had like a very important ticket off and all that. So it was a guideline how many, how much elevation right. I did. And, um, and what was the exact elevation of each rep? Can you recall? It was, uh, 153 meters. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> exactly, 153 meters, yeah. 1.5, uh, distance, a distance, kilometers, and distance. kilometers. And so, th and then it was, yeah, 1.55. So 3.1 per full rep. Okay. Um, oh, stats. <laughs> um, and it was what my mental math is shocking. How, how many is that in total? To, it's a hundred. Uh, uh, it was basically 60. 60, so 60 59, call it 60. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, sure. That was, no, that <laughs> was, doesn't sound like you, I was like, it's going to be 200 laps, but yeah, 60. But yeah, that's 60 but, efforts of 15 minutes pushing it. Yeah. So that's why it. we, um, I was, yeah, I looked at all the different hills and the gradients and like mm -hmm. I looked at the other Everestings and people hit like 300 kilometers. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. So that's what, like, I'd rather do something steep and just get the gearing. And also because you're going to like cut 
for the record, you want at least time on the bike. Yes, yeah. So I'd rather gain as much as I can elevation, yes, you know, yeah. and you want to get off the bike as quick as possible. Mm. So that was a lot of the, all of it was basically to minimize time on the bike and mm. get as much elevation without being ridiculously steep. Yes, yeah. So that was one of the, yeah, the criteria. A fine balance. Fine, it was a very fine balance. Um, yeah, and then... So, you, so your last lap, you go last lap, by yourself. Last lap by myself. And then that, I thought of, yeah, that was dedicated to, to Natalie. And um, that was actually my fastest lap. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that is hectic. Yeah, so like, but then you, you just like the adrenaline's, you just oh, like, yeah, you, you, just, just, you just go, you're you know? right there. And then, um, yeah, got to the top and just like burst into tears. Oh, eh? I'm not sure. I was about to ask. Like, yeah. surely, dude, there was waterworks. Yeah, no, there was, yeah. oh, because, and it was such a, like, a relief, you know, it, it, because it was too, You've done it. Like, yeah, done point. it, and you're so mentally just exhausted, you know, it's <laughs> absolutely, to, like, after, yeah, we, I'm surprised I actually put together some kind of, like, coherent sentence like the speech thanking people and like you know because i was could i couldn't count how many reps i'd done you know (laughs) actually remembering what people were doing and then afterwards um i blacked out i don't remember like i I remember getting in the car and then we got home i remember like getting home and then apparently i had dinner apparently had a conversation and apparently a shower (laughs) And I don't remember. I woke up the next morning. I'm like, why am I in different clothes? Yeah, yeah. Like, what happened? Why don't I smell like I yeah. yesterday? <laughs> so, yeah, it was like, I completely blacked out. And it's like your body kind of going into like reserve. I don't need to remember this like unimportant information. So, yeah, no, it was absolutely broke me here. Um, yeah, it's like people say, well, you do it again. I'm like, oh, maybe a half. But not a fool, yeah. like a fool. <laughs> no, it's like yeah. you've ticked that off the <laughs> off the list. You don't need to do it. Yeah, like, no. yeah, maybe one day. It's, uh, <laughs> one day, yeah. The you start itching again, but yeah, like that's like by no means, yeah, an achievement that most people will will do in their life. Yeah. Like that is very, yeah. It's yeah, not a lot of people are going to have the the willpower, the desire, and the drive. Um, and then the execution to to take that one off it's it is yeah. it's monumental as uh, much as they are yeah, becoming more like popular challenges to do it's yeah it's yeah no. if it was easy everyone would would yeah. do it and as we can see not everyone's doing it so it's yeah, not, no. not an no, easy thanks. thing man. And, i know it was but always um like it was kind of like i knew i had one shot and mm. um that's why i got all scientific behind it and it was like yeah, looking at the weather and that kind probably, of stuff yeah. because I kind of knew that, so when we did the the dry run, that was actually the perfect day, mm. but we only, that was the, you know, the dry run and everything. And then it was touch and go when we were, I can actually do it. The weather completely changed. Mm. So we had to organize everything within like three days. And, um, it yeah, literally just, everybody's like, oh yeah, we didn't know this was happening. Like we didn't know either, you know, <laughs> and just like completely just three days, the whole thing happened. Um, and that's probably why I didn't sleep because it was the day before running around doing a hundred wonderful things. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, I knew that it was, it was now or never. Like, and also I didn't want to train through winter again. Mm. That was kind of, and it was such a relief. So the last month or so, it was, I was so mentally like taxed over the whole thing. I was just like, I just can't wait to when I don't have to train. Yeah. And it was uh, almost like a relief that it was done. No, for sure. Because it was, it's a long, two years actively, all you think about it. Yeah, it's, it's a lot to, your life cons- to this yeah. Thing, yeah. Um, it was very consuming. So it was, yeah, no, <laughs> not this week. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, amazing, amazing. And, and obviously, as we were speaking earlier, all in, in pursuit of, of a very meaningful goal, mm. um, trying to raise funds to, for the negotiations to, to get Tricafter to be available um, in South Africa. It sounds absolutely incredible, uh, this, this medicine. Um, how much do you understand of, of that process uh, of the negotiation? <coughs> and how, yeah, what, what needs to happen in order to get it here? So firstly, there's um, like trade unions um, that between, so it's made in, in, a, in America. All right. And there's ongoing negotiations between uh, the pharmaceutical company uh, SA Advisory Board, Medical AIDS, and SACFA, the South African Cystic Fibrosis mm. Association. And what we're trying to do is 
um, get it to South Africa at a reduced cost. So the market cost is $311,000. So to, into rands, at the current exchange rate, it's 5,000 rand per year per patient. Jesus. And that's every year, which is insane. And what we're wanting to do is lobby with a lot of the first world sorry third world countries and say, give it to us at a discount, much like the antiretrovirals. Mm. People are going to live longer. They're going to be taking it longer. You're going to recuperate your costs over the long term yes, instead yeah. of trying to recuperate all your costs over like the last years, yeah. yeah. So it's got to the point where um, they've bought up the patent rights in South Africa with no incentive to distribute. So it's it's almost getting to the point where um, I mean, Sue is a is a very uh, harsh yeah, word, yeah. but it's it's almost inhumane. Mm. Um, so that's the grounds of where it's going to go if the negotiations don't um, yes, yeah. don't go go okay. forward. But there has been some success in uh, the UK, in Canada, and um, Australia with negotiations. Okay. So it definitely is possible, and yeah, which is which is good to good to see. Um, yeah, so it's, but it's going to be a long process. I mean, there are there is a generic, but the goal is not to which is still very expensive, yeah. but that can only be available to people who have medical aids. Mm. We want it to be available to people who are on the state. States, yes, yeah. you know, that's, that's the end goal. That yeah. It's available to all patients. Mm. That is the end goal, not just those who are fortunate enough to be able to afford it and have medical aids. I yes, mean, yeah. we're talking some of the medical aids um, outright just said no. But then if you think about what your hospital bills cost, I mean... Um, I mean, I'm fortunate not to spend that much time in hospital compared to some people I know. Yes, yeah. I think my hospital bills one year racked up to about seven seven hundred thousand. Jeez. So like it's um, the generic is you're looking at about six hundred thousand. So like it is in the long term, it is actually a good yeah yeah. But then again, the generic you still have to fly to Argentina and all those things. And that all costs money, but it's yes, still not yeah. available to the general public. Yeah, yeah. and that's not accessible. Accessible, yeah, exactly. Just, yeah. And the majority of the the patients in South Africa, they go through in the beginning, at least through like the um, the public hospitals. That's where all the your sweat tests. That's where the CF clinic is mm. um, in like the major, for example, Red Cross. That would be the the main CF hospital. And only once you become older, you then go to your specialist and that kind of thing. So, like, it's so important to get it at that young age because if you prevent uh, further lung damage, mm. you can, at, at a young age, you can absolutely change the narrative of, yeah, of your life. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some guys who um, who got this drug, or like, yeah, Vili, for example, he, um, he he was saying, yeah, now I have to plan for retirement. <laughs> it's like, I'm 14. I was like, I never planned for this, you know? <laughs> so it's like quite a, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird thought to kind of be like, uh, you so know. You, you might actually live longer than <laughs> yeah. expected. Yeah. No, so, geez, yeah. What a gift to, to be able to have, yeah. yeah, and have life through this, uh, through this, through this medicine. Okay. So we'll definitely put, put a link in the, in the description of the podcast. Um, so you can go and check out, um, yeah, the details on that, uh, where you can give and support the this cause, and and see how Jason's doing on the on the fundraising there. Um, but yeah, dude, what a, what an amazing feat to yeah to to get this in front of people's eyeballs and show them what yeah the the willpower you've got, what's possible for for a human being, um, and also like that there's there's a need out there for for this kind of support. Um, that I don't want to ask. What's next after this? Like you need to go do something stupid again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what's uh, what's life been like um, after after your everything? What's what's the day to day been like? What's riding your bike like? <laughs> I haven't. I hope you threw away that chamois. That you <laughs> <laughs> must be in peace. And I got a new uh, Chivita gave me a new pair of shorts just okay. for the thing. So yeah. thanks, Chivita. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so since the Everesting, um, I haven't been riding much. I did struggle with my health. Um, okay. There was uh, yeah, IV antibiotics and hospitalizations and things. Directly um, as a result of the um, burnout. Not It wasn't like two weeks afterwards, um, mm. but a, a while afterwards. And I just struggled a lot with my health in general. Mm. Um, also, 
sugar levels have just been weird all over, all over <laughs> yeah, the place um yeah i know there was i'm not gonna go into it but yeah um <laughs> and then got concussed and then got covid wow. so it's been quite a ride the, Gee. yeah <laughs> Um, not quite and, back to business as usual. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> but I knew the hospitalization was going to happen. Like, I knew the IV antibiotics. That was, mm. we always knew. Like, yeah. um, you're not going to get away with yeah. this one. <laughs> but it's it, uh, it's funny because, like, um, the the week before I got COVID, my friends like, hey, you have a COVID? And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, I said to myself, I can't get it before the Everest was over. And I got it like a week, like literally two days after I said that to her. Wow. Um, but I'm at the moment. I'm like don't have the symptoms. Like I'm functioning, but it's just I'm really struggling to actually breathe properly, mm. and my lungs burn when I'm on the bike. So now it's back to square one and try and get there. But we are where I'd like to move in the future is more like that endurance kind of thing, and mm. just um, where that racing element of it's easier to balance balance with the sugar and the carb intake and yeah, all that. It's easier to calculate enough, rather um, than that high intensity. Yeah. But then also means you have to bring a lot of food with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Why is Jason always bringing this massive backpack on these, <laughs> these rides? <laughs> okay, man. So it's short. Not been a not been a smooth uh, smooth exit. No. Um, but yeah, I suppose maybe each little bit of that just reminds you what you've what you've done and and yeah, hopefully how how worthwhile it was. Uh, we had uh, a couple of responses to the question we put out on Instagram for people to ask. Um, one question and one person just to say, um, bloody well done to you. It's so inspiring and you, you're an absolute legend. Um, Thank you. So that was from Chef's Damn Fine Pastries. Or maybe not pastries. I can't read the last word. <laughs> but if Chef wants to sponsor some pastries to the Something Fresh podcast, we're open arms. Um, and then someone asked... Uh, about your mountain bike riding um your balance between road and obviously you've been quite focused on the road um in the build-up to mm. um the everesting but road mountain bike what's the where's your allegiance there um <laughs> both <laughs> um so like i have done i've dabbled a fair bit in mountain biking um yeah i have did epic in 2015 you know, a lifetime ago 2015 yeah. um and i yeah after that i switched over to the road just because i was better at it and mm. i got better results okay so you the tend to kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure for sure but i enjoy that the mountain biking the freedom and the that fun factor of mm. it's like i really do enjoy that yeah um and a lot of the times when i say like oh i'm going on an adventure it's like my kind of thing would be getting lost in the mountains awesome um yeah. i mean like my idea of fun was i think was New Year's Eve, I um, hit up some mates. I'm like, cool. I want to do Nordic Peak twice on the mast twice. Like, and that was my <laughs> New Year's good. Eve ride. Like, um, yeah. So it was like, I enjoy that kind of like stupid kind of just like going out and having fun, yeah, getting have a, lost. Have a big day. Yeah. Out, yeah. And just put yourself in the in the situation <laughs> and deal with it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do enjoy it a lot. Um, but competitively, it's definitely on the road. Um, okay. But yeah, I think that's changing. As I get older, yeah, so like an old buddy Jeez, now. Yeah, twenty-seven. <laughs> we're getting on. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested in getting that gravel scene. It looks, it looks fun. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely blowing up. Are you going to be racing the SA gravel champs? No, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, he's into it. <laughs> he's into it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. What are some of the the things on the on the bucket list from here? What's exciting you? Um, well, I've I've, I've only done one gravel race in particular, uh, the Gallows absolutely okay. loved it yes i actually um, saw a post you did from that it's finished with a pretty decent climb yeah no it, yeah that was uh what was their final climb was it was it a thousand or was it uh roundabout roundabout, roundabout. so Ooh. it's um basically you you're riding and it's like you're resting on 10 percent. so that the whole <laughs> no it's insane it was um it's always a proper proper ride it's the oaks who um have ridden uh, what's it uh, in Spain? There's the Angrulu. It was yeah. basically he, he said it's like it's the same as that, which is like the toughest climb in in Volta España. So, um, no, it, it was and oh, it was such a cool vibe as well because you stay at the accommodation, which is halfway up, basically the last water point, which oh, is three right. k's from the top. But like oh, you just you wake up and you just see like the sunrise and like the clouds below you, and it's basically on top of this peak, you know. Amazing. And then, the, yeah, you, you head down in the morning and it's freezing cold, you know. Oh, it was imagine. like, um, 
yeah, it's, oh, it's just awesome. It's like, and then by the time you get to like 90Ks, you are stuffed. And it's like, now the race actually started, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, now, now you got to go uphill for an, an hour and a half yeah. over long. <laughs> no, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like yeah. I suffered, but I enjoyed it. I suppose it was, you... Yeah. you Sort of have climbing legs now, I'd, yeah. I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. That was two weeks after everything, though. So like, oh, jeez, yeah, afterwards. yeah, no way. Yeah. So, um, like, I'm feeling like, quite fatigued still from. Yeah, very, imagine, ha- very. I was. I know, I, it wasn't my best race at all. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and we got there, and um, yeah, my mates like, um, yeah, dude, like, I think you're like a dark horse for like doing quite well. I'm like. Dude, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, like, yeah. Stop with the pressure. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a dead horse, not a dark horse. Yeah. <laughs> Brought my bungee. <laughs> if anyone's yeah, uh, offering a lift, go, yeah. I'll be glad to receive it. But I almost thought about bringing my road bike uh, because I had the climbing. Um, yes, because of your climbing. My climbing yeah, gears. And just like park that at the bottom of the hill and, like, and, <laughs> and spin your way up. <laughs> right. Okay, so that, yeah, it's a bit of racing. And then any, are there any tours that excite you? Any like locations that you. You keen to go and ride that you haven't ridden before? Um, I have ridden in those areas, but like, yeah, like the the gravel scene Tanqua Karoo race. That's, mm. That looks like a lot of fun. Um, also, Sedgefield 500. I did a lot of my training for Epic around there. So I know those roads very well. Um, I just love the area. So I'd like, love to go explore there a bit more. Um, yeah, no, no cross-continental things yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tegan. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, but like, I'm all kind of endurance, multi-day kind of thing. And mm. just like, the where it's based on fun and not so much about, you know, killing yourself. Yes, and, yeah. You know, I mean, you're all in the process, yeah. but. But that's, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's that's, more about being in the place and then the, exactly. the, the, the yeah. secondary suffering is, exactly, is yeah. part of it. And and work life, you're not a pro cyclist. So, no, no, yeah. no. <laughs> and what's, yeah, what's keeping you um, so busy on the day to day? Work is, I'm a sales rep, a um, couple, couple brands, cycling orientated as well. Um, and then starting a bike touring company. Okay, um, that's exciting, yeah, man. Yeah, Deep South Tours. So that's going to be kicking off. Uh, <laughs> be warned, anyone who's <laughs> This tour, would you like to climb? <laughs> yes, I uh, think you want to. <laughs> Just we got e-bikes, guys. We got e-bikes. <laughs> okay, that's quite exciting, man. Yeah, so that's, that's something in the pipeline. And then also public speaking and, um, yeah, and if, yeah, that's that also. So a couple various things building up. Um, yeah, mm. lots of... Lots of things happening, Fantastic. which is always exciting. Yeah. Well, Jay, it's been really, really cool to connect with you and, and hear this this story. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I hope that you, the listeners, have also enjoyed hearing uh, hearing a bit about this this incredible man's life growing up, uh, yeah, learning how to live with with what has been a yeah debilitating disease to many people, but yeah, showing what's what's possible with a with a positive mindset, with the right support around you. And yeah, we're really hopeful that uh, things will, will come on track with uh, getting Trikafta available in South Africa. So definitely go and check out those links in the in in the description and offer some support uh, shared with your mates. And yeah, we definitely look forward to. I'm sure it won't be the last crazy thing that you do. So we look forward <laughs> no. to to keeping in touch and and hearing what what comes next. And all the best with the cycling tours and all the work. Cool. We'll, Thanks we'll very much. Soon, yeah, right? appreciate you having me on the show. And yeah. Good to be here. Thank you. Go on, man.